This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Synchronized monitoring and control of your entire automated process is the core of Gama's Magic Control 4.0 data management systems, with options like line management, offering deeper insight into productivity and consumption, or energy management, allowing you to monitor and save both energy and air consumption, or batch management, offering tracking of powder used to coat production batches. Gama provides the very best in technology and connectivity for smarter factory automation. To learn more about Gamma's Magic Control 4.0 data management systems, visit completeitwithgamma.com. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Hello, all you powder coating fans, and Welcome to episode number 15 of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us. We really appreciate your support. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller, and with me is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, and the rockinest playa on this side of Columbus, Nathan He's Powder Coating Research Group Formulator Dude. Hello, my name is Nathan, and I'm an alcoholic. We're broadcasting from the Powder Coating Research Group Studios in Columbus, Ohio. And just so you know, the purpose of this Ask Joe Powder podcast is to bring news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. Let's get it rolling. Okay, but before we do... Shout out. I'd like to give a hearty shout out to... Rob Trillin. You may know him as the coolest of the cool cats in Allnex's resin sales team. Well, of course he is. However, he truly has a much more important mission in life. For you see, Rob has dedicated his spare time to bringing Christmas cheer to the less fortunate in our world. His nonprofit organization is called Donna's Christmas Trees, and their mission is to recycle artificial Christmas trees and to deliver them to those people who cannot afford one. Their website explains that they have the belief that every Christmas tree deserves a home, and at every Christmas, every home deserves a Christmas tree. Rob named this initiative after his late sister, Donna, who passed away way too young at the age of 22 after battling a congenitive heart defect that robbed her body of the proper level of oxygen. She endured major surgeries as a baby and throughout her young life. Donna loved Christmas and all the decorations and celebrations associated with it. So in loving memory to his beloved little sister, Rob established this wonderful charity. You can learn more about it at www.donnaschristmastrees.com. So, way to go, Rob. Okay, let's go on to some news in our Guess What segment. Guess what? All right, and I'm going to apologize for my pronunciation here, but um, Singapore's Wuthlum Group 
agreed to acquire majority control of Nippon Paint. Um, they've actually previously held a 39% share in Nippon Paint. Uh, the two companies have been kind of intertwined since the 60s when uh, Nippon was really trying to expand into the greater Asian market and with one was operating as their sales agent. But they've uh, put up you know, 13.2 billion euros, and now their share is just under 60% of Nippon Paint. Interesting. And another major supplier in the coatings industry, Hexion, entered into an agreement to sell its phenolic specialty resin, Hexamine, and European-based forest products resins business for approximately... $425 million to Black Diamond and Invest Industrial. And there's another huge acquisition. Covestro agreed to purchase Royal DSM's resins and functional materials business for $1.6 billion. The resins and functional materials, that in- includes the powder coating resins, water-based polyacrylate binders, aqueous hybrid technologies, radiation cure, and even DSM's uh, bio-based decovery series of binders. And along with that, there's the fiber optic cables, binders for 3D printing. That's a pretty massive acquisition when it comes down to it. Yeah, it looks looks like DSM's getting out of the resin business and getting into more high-tech type uh, technology. Uh, kind of leaving our friends uh, not behind, but uh, you know, Covestro is going to be picking them up. Well, and it's interesting because Covestro actually is a spinoff of the old Bayer um, series of powder coating resins. I don't know if you. Yeah, and, you know the thing that's interesting about Bayer, and you know, if you go back in history, you know, <laughs> Bayer. You know, they, 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 they're known for their isocyanates, uh, you know, the urethane type, uh, curing technology. But Bayer had bought Ruco polyester resins, uh, long, long, long time ago. This probably goes back to the 80s. But anyway, they decided, Bayer, Bayer abandoned their powder coating resin business back in 2013 when they sold the polyester resin side of it to the Steppen Company. So the, the, the bare root coat resins are represented by the Steppen Company, a very, very capable uh, uh, chemicals company. So apparently, you know, back bare got rid of the polyester business because it was no longer strategic. Fast forward about, uh, I don't know, about six or seven years, and what used to be bare resins is now Covestro, and they decided... Powder coating resins are back in vogue. So, I tell you what, the powder coating industry and its suppliers, never boring. Okay. So now it's time for the Q&A portion of our podcast. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That'll advance your powder coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder podcast. All right, and this one, it's uh, pretty big. We have a four-part question. That comes from Senka Selik in Bosnia. I'm just going to kind of read them off one at a time, and you can give us your insight there. I'll do my best. All right, so she says, 
Dear Joe, I've recently discovered your articles. I've decided to contact you, hoping that you could help me with my powder coating issues. First of all, we're considering to bring powder coating in-house, which means creating a new powder coating line, so most of my questions are related to that. The first one is regarding the pretreatment process. Personally, I would choose phosphating, and I'm considering a five-stage process. However, I would like to avoid iron phosphate. We're coating bike frames. Since we have to provide good corrosion protection, we use a zinc primer. Researching this topic led me also to applying the phosphate through spraying. According to you, what would be the best pretreatment option? I'd be grateful if you can introduce me to any literature in this area so I can investigate the topic further. Okay, well, well, hi, Sanka. Greetings from cloudy Columbus, Ohio. I hope everything's good in Bosnia, and thanks for your questions. They're really good. I'm going to give it my best to try and answer them. First of all, regarding pretreatment, um, iron phosphate is probably the, the easiest option as it's very common, been around for decades, and it's easy to control. However, if you want to avoid phosphate because of the effluents and issues with environmental impact, then you have other options. Uh, first on the list would be zirconium-based pretreatments. Uh, it's kind of a newer technology, but it's been around a while, and it, it's a very good option. Uh, it does require more pre precise control the chemicals and process. However, they have a significantly better environmental impact profile and actually operate at lower temperatures, so that's another plus. Uh, for Bosnia, uh, there's, a, there's a couple chemical companies that offer these types of pretreatment. There's uh, a division of BASF called Shematol, uh, and I can give you their, uh, a link to their Bosnian contacts. Uh, I'll, I'll do that offline. Uh, there's another company uh, that operates out of Serbia, and they, they uh, uh, service the Bosnian market. Uh, it's a company called Surtec. So those are a couple options. Uh, as for the application of the pretreatment, it really depends on the volume of parts that you plan to coat. If you can manage manual spray, it's a good low-cost option. However, if you have a high volume of parts and a fast-moving conveyorized line, you'll need to install an automated pretreatment process, which is going to be very expensive and, and capital-intensive, as you might, might expect. So let me know what kind of volume of parts you're going to be coding per hour or per working shift or per week, and, and I, I can help drill down and give you a, a more precise answer. All right, and the second question is, we're facing strict requirements when it comes to the quality of our products. The powder-coated surface should have no defects, or at least as little as possible. And currently, we're facing the issue of small dotted inclusions, tiny hairs, and holes whose origin we're still trying to investigate. We're solving this problem through polishing, but that requires a large amount of time, so I'd like to try to avoid this step. Is it possible that the charged metal surface attracts those things? If it is, is there any way to avoid it? Could it be that the powder-coated area is not clean enough? be grateful if you could help me find the root cause. Another great question, and I, I can see you're really looking into all the important points of a finishing operation. 
So regarding the cleanliness of your powder coating finish, uh, this is extremely important, but it's a difficult issue to manage. And let me kind of break it down. It's essential for you to have a clean environment to spray the powder. And this entails uh, an environmentally controlled enclosure around your application system. Uh, the incoming air should be filtered, and there should be, if you can manage this, a net positive pressure in the application area so you're not drawing air from the outside environment into your spray area. It's kind of tricky to achieve this balance, and it requires a good, clever air management uh, movement uh, engineer. Now, regarding the defects that you're observing all, already, the, the, the questions you have to answer are, is the coating clean to begin with? And, you know, number one, you need to use a high-quality powder supplier who can prove to you that they make clean powder every time. You also need to be able to spray any powder coating that you receive offline in a, a kind of an isolated lab area, uh, which has maybe a, a small clean lab oven, so you can isolate your environment to see whether or not it's either the material or the environment that's causing the, uh, uh, the problem with defects. If you think it's your environment, uh, you can spray a small part or test panel and place it into uh, a tin can and run it through your oven. Uh, if, if the test panel or small part's clean, uh, then you might be able to conclude that you're, you're getting contamination from the environment or from inside the oven. The other thing is you, you need to ensure that the that your cleaning process for your parts is is clean, controlled, and you're not introducing contaminants or leaving contaminants on the surface of parts before they're powder coated. So kind of that the old adage, you know, can a bad tree bear good fruit? And you know the answer to that. Uh, lastly, your comment about Electrostatics influencing the deposition of contaminants is accurate. It's a, you know, very insightful. Uh, the electrostatic field created by the gun will attract airborne contaminants, and they'll be directed directly to the surface of your parts. Uh, this is another reason why the application area must be as clean as possible. And now... A word from our sponsor. Are you looking for a solution to coat your most difficult products with no touch-up? Then Gama's Dynamic Contouring Equipment is the right solution for you. Unlike robotic coating, Dynamic Contouring offers greater flexibility without all the programming hassle while correctly positioning each powder gun to automatically coat your parts. For more information, Call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with GAMA. The Powder Coating Research Group is a proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. PCR is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from raw material evaluation, 
formulating the next generation of coatings, new product development, testing, troubleshooting, training, and consulting. Find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or you can email Kevin Biller at kevinbiller at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. And the third question says, we've also noticed that the clear coat we apply is quite susceptible to damage. After cleaning with a piece of cloth, scratches may remain on the surface. Is the problem within the powder itself? And what kind of powder clear could be used in this case? Okay. Well, you guys got all kinds of stuff. You really got your hands full here. Okay. The clear coat you're using may be too soft and not abrasion resistant enough to avoid scratching from just, you know, simple handling. So you, you may have to look at the quality of your clear coat. On the other hand, um, take a good look at your handling process. You know, could it be too aggressive for, for the clear coat? Um, you should probably instruct your operators to wear uh, clean cotton gloves, and use packaging materials that should be soft. Um, you you want to avoid like rough craft paper and cardboard. Uh, so pay attention to that. Now, if you're looking for a a more abrasion resistant and a harder clear coat, uh, you may consider polyurethane powder coatings, which you know in general are much more scratch resistant than just general purpose polyesters. However, they're going to be more expensive, as you can imagine. Okay, next question. All right, the fourth question. She asks, one of the issues we encountered is the lack of gloss after the parts have been packaged. So the gloss is okay after curing, but it seems like there's a sort of reaction between the paper we use for the packaging and the coating. Is that a possibility? you got a couple possibilities here, Senka. Um, it's an interesting... Thing, but I don't know if it's well known in the industry that packing materials can reduce the gloss of a finish, especially if they're in close contact with, with the surface. Um, you know, depending on what the packaging material is, if it's you know a plastic or, or some type of foam, uh, the material, the packing material, can leach out plasticizers, which they're, they're going to get embedded in the clear coat and they will cause a reduction of gloss. Uh, we've seen the same thing happen with tape and adhesives. Uh, so those are a couple of things to consider. The other thing you know, we kind of mentioned before was um, paper may be abrading the surface, and I think you'd be able to quickly ascertain this because it would be the surfaces that the paper in contact with. So um, The other thing that kind of totally unrelated to uh, materials impacting the surface would be some powder coatings uh, actually have a problem with what we call blooming. And blooming basically is there, there's a haze that develops over time because the powder coating is either not cured completely or you know is, is just an inferior type material. If you see the haze or gloss reduction throughout the whole surface, um, it could be due to a, a, a low-quality powder coating. 
All right, Sanka, you, you really got your hands full. I give you a lot of credit uh, for taking on some you know, exciting effort like installing a new finishing line and, and it sounds like fabrication and, and uh, assembly and manufacturing. So I hope that my answers help you. Please follow up and let me know if you have any further questions. You know, someday I'd love to visit Bosnia. It looks like a beautiful country. Best regards, Joe Powder. Okay, before we wrap up, let's fill you in on some upcoming events. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. All right, first of all, China Coat 2020 is going virtual. The China International Exhibition for Coatings, Printing, Inks, and Adhesives will be held as scheduled uh, December 8th through 10th in Guangzhou. Uh, but they're adding a virtual element, so it'll be kind of a hybrid experience. There's going to be two parts. The GZ show is for in-person exhibitors, and the virtual show is for those participating online. So they'll have the 3D exhibition halls, 3D booths, uh, e-business cards, live chat, uh, live streaming sessions and webinars, all that sort of stuff. So they're still having the in-person event as scheduled, but they're going to make it easier for people that uh, are unable or unwilling to travel to participate in the show. Kind of cool. And the European Coding Show, which I guess we've, every episode so far, we've been uh, talking about how they're going on as scheduled in early 2021. Well, they've postponed it. They had had all kinds of hygiene and everything, and and they had planning, and good for them, but yeah, it's looking like they're going to have to kick the can down the road a little longer. Yeah, so just now, instead of March, it's going to be scheduled for uh, the 14th through 16th of September, 2021, and, you know, they just weighed the... uh, Weighed the issues and decided that it would be more responsible to have it a little bit later. So, that's that. That is that. Okay. Hey, powder coating friends. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Join us next time when we tackle your most perplexing problems with powder coating technology. Okay. You can find the Ask Joe Powder column in Powder Coated Tough Magazine, which is a publication of the Powder Coating Institute. Uh, you can also find it in the Finishing Flash section of Paint and Coating Industries uh, Magazine, which is at PCIMag.com. Um, it also appears in the PPCJ um Magazine, which is Polymers Polymers Paint Paint Color Color Journal. Polymers Paint Color Journal, uh, which uh, is published uh, out of the UK and is distributed throughout Europe and the Middle East. And you can find us online at askjoepowder.com. If you want to know immediately when a new episode comes out, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, We have a YouTube channel and a Twitter where we'll be 
posting updates. And if we, uh, if you want to ask a question to Joe, there's an email address. It's askjoepowder at yahoo.com. Or you can call and leave us a message. Country code 1478-2-ASK-JOE. That's 1478-227-5563. This has been a production of the Powder Coating Research Group. Our original music, editing, production, direction, and all the extra sound effects are by Nick Page. B-E-E-R-R-U-N, beer run. And keep your powder driving. Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gamma. Gamma's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses Power Boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. <laughs> hey, Ellie, pull my finger. All right, nice. Ellie, pull my finger. <laughs> Great having grandkids. <laughs>